What companies would you want to work for? Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the prestigious Just Capital 2024 seal. Bank of America is ranked number one in the banking industry and number one for their ongoing commitment to workers, offering best-in-class benefits, including a minimum wage of $25 an hour by 2025. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. Yeah, game got uh got a little chippy too. Tobey a walker. To- you gonna get somebody hurt? Wait, who yeah. got checks on our team? Tobey and I got one. Oh, hmm. Jordan Ganey. I got hmm. one. Don't really know why. Oh, I Actually, know why. You was in that mix. I was in the mix. Was I was. Mix. I was. Yeah, <laughs> laughing, clapping, swearing up. said some hmm. words. But are you really about that business though? Come on, man. About it. So you really about to step? Hmm. I feel that. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Right, right. Oh, I got to my brother's back. I was right there. You was there. But you then there. I saw how wild Tobe started getting. I said, oh, you see baby eyes? Enter the picture of the eyes. <laughs> Please. I seen, I seen his eyes, and I went from a me like, what's up? To like, oh, oh Tobe. Like, you might kill him. Yeah. Like, we, not only he's going to get a tech, you're going to get a murder charge. Yeah. So, <laughs> you're going to get arrested. Yeah. yeah. Collection of UT players, including Jordan Ganey, talking about when, we'll just say it hit the fan for Tennessee in Lexington last Saturday. Uh, without a doubt, you saw a side of Tobey Awaka. Uh, teammates, very familiar with, but those outside the program, wow. Absolutely hilarious, those guys. And they're they're funny as in normal, but in the players' lounge, talking about Tobey and that scuffle at Rupp in, in, against Kentucky. So good there. <laughs> the Jamai Meshack said, not only saw the look on his face, those eyes, man. Not only is he going to get a tag, he's going to get a murder charge. <laughs> so funny. Man, great stuff by the Players Lounge. And uh, there are a lot of UT athletes. Christian Moore's on there all the time. And uh, so Tennessee baseball players, basketball players, all different sports. It's a it's a cool feature on uh, on Instagram, and uh, just wanted to share that good stuff from those guys. Very much so. And it's hour number two of Sports Talk, the program today at Oak Ridge Nissan, right where the Turnpike meets up with Illinois Avenue. We are, of course, with you until nine o'clock, and we've got a lot coming your way. We launch right into the walkthrough, and we look forward to being joined later this hour by VFL all around great guy Steve Hamer for his weekly visit as uh, we. Couldn't connect yesterday, so we get to enjoy a little hammer time today. We will. We'll talk about, obviously, UT hoops and uh, get maybe see what he thinks about the Super Bowl as well. We'll also, later on this hour, that's in about 25 minutes, we'll also later this hour bring you more comments from Rick Barnes uh, in the transition from the LSU win and uh, the Texas A&M game tomorrow night on the road. And then in the 8 o'clock hour, step to the plate at 8, trivia for a great prize. Uh, ESPN National Recruiting Coordinator Craig Halbert will join us at about 8.18. And then Tony Vitello hear what he had to say as Tennessee getting ready to go to Texas for to start their season to play some Big 12 schools to get things started in Texas. So Tony Vitello at about 8.33 this morning as well. Yeah, and so so much to, uh, to talk about in regards to um, either looking at what took place yesterday or setting the table for what's to come uh, because it is a jam-packed weekend as Lady Ball softball opened the season yesterday, won 15 to nothing. And what we've seen is that it was going to be a Friday, Saturday, Sunday set against Baylor, but that's been accelerated due to the weather forecast. So it is a doubleheader today for Tennessee in Waco. And then they hope to be able to get the third one in tomorrow, but they have, uh, they, 
they've put the pedal to the metal to try and get all three games in. That's right. Six o'clock and eight thirty or or following game one today and then three o'clock on Saturday for those softball games. You can hear them on the UT Game Day app if you're looking for those. Lady Vols lost last night on the road at Alabama in hoops uh, to uh, 72 to 56. Kia Jackson, Jasmine Powell leading scores for Tennessee 13 and 9, but Tennessee struggled for 30, just 35% from the floor, struggled from three point range, only five of nine from the free throw line. So a lot of uh, ugly numbers offensively for a team that had been playing really good offense here as of late. So uh, strange to see that struggle on the road against Alabama, who is the middle of the pack team in the SEC. Tennessee picked to finish second in the Eastern Division when it comes to SEC baseball. Florida is picked to win the East. Arkansas picked to win the West, with the Razorbacks getting the conference championship nod as the coaches made their vote or revealed their vote or their vote was revealed yesterday. Tennessee with two first-place votes in the Eastern Division behind 11 for Florida, one for third-place Vanderbilt. And Tennessee has three players that make all-conference in the preseason thanks to the vote of the SEC coaches. Drew Beam, first team as the right-hander gets ready for his third year in the orange and white. Christian Moore, second team, all-SEC, also his third year as a volunteer. And Tennessee newcomer, third baseman Billy Amick, also earned second team honors for sure and well deserved for those guys they've had i think five different guys that right uh show up on different preseason lists so uh can't wait a week from today we'll get get things started the uh tessie basketball team will be in action tomorrow night as well on the road at texas a&m aggies at five and four 14 and eight overall in the league wade taylor one of the second leading scorer in the sec in conference games behind tennessee's Dalton Connect, so it should be a uh, an interesting matchup. A and M very slow in terms of tempo uh, in the country and, and efficient top fifty forty to fifty in offensive and defensive efficiency. So it'll be a I think a much different game than the Kentucky game on the road or even the LSU game uh, earlier this week on Wednesday. Joe Lenardi, by the way, has bumped up Tennessee to a one seed. In his bracketology, obviously that's a fluid situation day-to-day, but they replaced North Carolina, who drops back. So Tennessee would be the fourth team on the one line in Lenardi's bracketology. And, John, a Super Bowl on Sunday. Finally, the talk is over. That is, Talking interviews have been banned. <laughs> they should be. Uh, this week, and now uh, we got the game Sunday night. Yep, that will be South uh, San Francisco going up against Kansas City. 49ers have been anywhere from a two-and-a-half-point favorite as it opened to a one-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, like John McClain, as he joined us yesterday for his weekly visit, I've been been puzzled that we haven't seen. Uh, and you pointed out earlier in the week, Vince, that the money has followed Kansas City, but the line still has the 49ers as a favorite. I just don't see how anybody would not be betting on the Chiefs based on what we've seen from them. Doesn't mean San Francisco can't win. It's just that the Chiefs right now trying to do something that the NFL hasn't seen in more than two decades, and that's repeat as Super Bowl champ. And maybe, and maybe that's some of the reasoning is that – you know, history says this is difficult to do, even if you have uh, the favorites in that situation. But uh, I think with their experience, their head coach, their quarterback, all those things, uh, their tight end, I, I, there, there's a number of advantages for Kansas City's standpoint. I do think it's a close game. I'm just, like John said, I'm surprised that Kansas City isn't more of a favorite. And and you would think that Vegas would be setting a line to get money, even money. I don't know that that is happening with 
the Chiefs having so much of the action right now. But uh, we'll see what uh, what changes late. And we also saw a new class for Pro Football's Hall of Fame revealed last night. Uh, longtime Peyton Manning teammate Dwight Freeney of the Indianapolis Colts, as well as a couple of other teams. He's a part of this class, as well as uh, fellow defensive end Julius Peppers. Linebacker Patrick Willis, the old Miss product who played for the San Francisco 49ers from the state of Tennessee. He is now in the Hall of Fame. Devin Hester, the incredible defensive back slash return man, record-setting return man for the Chicago Bears. He is in the Hall of Fame. And one of my all-time favorites, the heart and soul of the Orange Crush defense, linebacker Randy Gratishar, mm-hmm. uh, is along with defensive tackle Steve McMichael as uh, they were senior finalists that were selected to be enshrined so congratulations to them and you have the first we talked about it with him yesterday but John McClain he has represented a number of Houston area players when it comes time to defending or promoting their Hall of Fame candidacy Andre Johnson becomes the first Houston Texan to uh, to go into the Hall of Fame yeah he was open so and certainly well deserved speaking of the Houston Texans how about the award winners last night yeah. at the award show, it was the Cleveland Browns and Houston Texans show for the most part. The MVP, of course, is going to Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson, Offensive Player of the Year, 49ers running back Christian McCaffrey, Miles Garrett from the Cleveland Browns, Defensive Player of the Year. Cleveland also had the Coach of the Year in Kevin Stefanski, the Comeback Player of the Year in Joe Flacco, and then two Houston Texans, Offensive Rookie of the Year, C.J. Stroud, Defensive Rookie of the Year, Will Anderson. I guess they drafted okay in Houston. Yeah, not a bad draft class at all. And uh, and tonight, the action at the Civic Coliseum, it'll be the hometown Scruffy City Shiners taking on the marksmen from Fayetteville as it is a rebrand night uh, for Knoxville's hockey team. But tonight, they are known as the Scruffy City Shiners. Great look as they go with the uh, the alternate look. Yeah, and that logo is on your podcast that that you do each week with Mike Murray. Yeah, slap shots. You can find that uh, Scruffy City trying to improve on its standings uh, in the SPHL at ninth place right now as they host. Fayetteville, Fayetteville second, puck drops at 735, and then they're on the road uh, to Roanoke tomorrow night. But good luck to the Scruffy City Shiners. And in the NBA, a couple of VFLs traded teams uh, found new addresses when it came to the trade deadline. Grant Williams dealt from Dallas to Charlotte. Jaden Springer goes from Philadelphia to Boston. Yeah, I was a little surprised at what what went the uh, to Charlotte's way. Grant Williams, Seth Curry, and a 2027 first-round pick to Charlotte for P.J. Washington in return. So uh, Grant goes back to Charlotte, but much different in terms of a team where the Mavericks are in the middle of everything, and uh, Charlotte is not. And then Jaden Springer going from the 76ers to the Celtics. So rivals can make trades. That they can. That's Vince Ferrara. I'm John Wilkerson. It is 7-13. Again, chances are it's cool, it's wet where you are. Still some rain in the area. Just be mindful as you make your way out the door if you're heading out right now. But we've got more sports with Benjamin Hardy and his report right now. And then more sports talk from Oak Ridge Nissan right where the Turnpike meets up with Illinois Avenue. Get ready for Valentine's Day. Take advantage of their President's Day sale going on now at Oak Ridge Nissan. This is 99.1, the sports animal. Business has always been about turning a profit, making money. But can it stand for something more? Something beyond dollars and cents. We think so. We think that today, business has a higher calling, a purpose, to be fair and just, to do right by their workers, customers, communities, and the environment. And it turns out companies successful doing that also do better for their bottom line. When you see the Just Capital Seal, 
it means this company is a force for good. Visit JustCapital.com to learn more. What's up, folks? Anthony Armstrong here. Bob Popple, along with Super Bowl champion Carl Banks. Hey, NFL fans. This is Solomon Wilcox, former NFL safety and host of the Believe in Bengals podcast. Catch my show and all 32 Believe NFL podcasts. Listen in to former players give their inside perspective on your favorite team. Search Believe, that's B-L-E-A-V, on Apple, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcast. It's always football season, wherever you listen. Last night, the Lady Vols basketball team fell to Alabama 72-56. to Aaliyah Nye led the Lady Crimson Tide with 23 points, while Rakia Jackson led the Lady Vols with 13. Up next, the Lady Vols face Arkansas at the Food City Center on Monday. Tip-off is set for 7 with Vol Network coverage beginning at 6.30 right here on 99.1 The Sports Animal. Yesterday, Lady Vols softball opened up its season with a 15-0 win at UT Arlington in Texas. Peyton Goshell was credited with the win after tossing in four scoreless innings, while catcher Sophia Nugent knocked in four RBIs. Due to expected inclement weather in Waco, Texas, the Lady Vols series against Baylor has been shifted to a doubleheader this evening, beginning at 6, with Game 2 following around 8.30. Game 3 is scheduled for tomorrow at 3 o'clock. Tomorrow, the Tennessee men's basketball team travels to College Station to take on Texas A&M. Tip-off is set for 8 with Vault Network coverage beginning at 7.30. We'll have highlights and reaction Monday morning right here on Sports Talk. With your Sports Animal Sports Minute, this has been Benjamin Hardy. Stay tuned. More Sports Talk is next. Two, two games in a row where, you know, since you kind of uh, called out, might be too strong, but since you, you know, the guys were standing around looking at Dalton the last two games, that has certainly not been the case. Is that what you want to see? Yeah, I mean, obviously you'd love to bottle the first half. I mean, you know, we were terrific in the first half. I mean, you know, we really did do a lot of really good things. And obviously when the ball was going in like that, it, it all looks good. But I thought we were good in the second half. But, uh, you know, Matt does a great job. And, again, I told the guys, I mean, they're going to push and get back. They're too good a team. They played too good a schedule. And we, uh, I thought our shot selection wasn't as good in the second half. And uh, missed some free throws. That You missed two free throws. Those turned into turnovers. And we gave them – or they got two wide-open threes. And, um, I, again, and when those happen early in a possession, it's, it's transition defense. And, again, as much as we've harped about that. But if you break it down, the one thing was – just the second chance points they got off the off the glass, and we got to fix that in a, in a hurry. Comments from Tennessee coach Rick Barnes as you listen to Sports Talk. The program today is at Oak Ridge Nissan, right where the Turnpike meets up with Illinois Avenue. Take advantage of their President's Day sale going on now, and of course the Tennessee Volunteers looking to follow up on Tuesday. Uh, excuse me, Wednesday's win against LSU to uh, to hit the road again as they go to Texas A&M. The first of two meetings between the Volunteers and the Aggies. Yeah, in a 15-day period, so they'll be back and uh, they'll be here in Knoxville. In, uh, in just a little over two weeks. So let's hear more from Rick Barnes who talked about his team and Dalton Connect, how the rest of the team played and uh, moving forward. Here is Tennessee head coach Rick Barnes. Rick, for Dalton statistically, he really filled up the box score in a lot of different areas. Would you consider this one of his more complete games this season? Well, I told him after the game when we were in the locker room talking about guys that had a good night looking at the stat sheet. He had, his, I think, his career high was seven rebounds and I said to him I said you know you could have had 11 and uh, that's that's a fine line that uh, because you got a guy like that uh, who has a knack for scoring and 
when we do run some isolation plays, which we did because we want to, we're going to need him to do that uh, with his back to the basket, and um, he's going to have to make the right read out of it as opposed to trying to be overly aggressive. But I thought he did a good job at the end when we put him in the ball screen at the top where I, I do think he was really trying to make the right play. But uh, his rebounding was key tonight and his assists. And uh, we've, we've told uh, – he and Jordan both, and, and even Zakai, who's been terrific. And you know what? You guys are more than just guys that can shoot the ball. You guys are good players and don't think you just got to shoot it. Just play and, you know, do what you're good at. And, and um, I thought Dalton's all-around game tonight was really good. The start tonight and Saturday night – Compared to South Carolina last week, is that just making shots versus not making shots, or oh, an yeah. emphasis there? I mean, we, I mean, think about it. We started the South Carolina game with some point blank layups, and um, those are tough ones. And uh, but we just we, again, when we're open, we got to shoot the ball. We, we've got it. We've got to shoot it. And and I, I will tell you, we've got to do a better job rebounding the ball on both ends. We did a great job in Lexington getting, I think, forty three percent of our misses, but. Um, Defensively, those are we, we give them what ten extra possessions there because we don't block out, and uh, you don't want to do that. You, you really don't. And that's the difference in probably scoring. Uh, how many points we score? Eighty-eight gives us a chance to maybe score hundred again. But if, if you don't, you can't be a great defensive team if you can't rebound the ball. And uh, right now, our guys are working hard trying to guard people in, in a league where there's some really good players, but. We got we got to rebound it better. Santi's shot selection tonight seems like he passed up some shots, and you guys uh, seem a little displeasure to it on the bench. Well, Santi loves cutting, screening, uh, but he does have to shoot the ball. But but again, any anybody that plays this game, you know when you feel like you got it, when you don't. But still, uh, you know, he's a he's a guy that loves. To, he, he's so unselfish at times because honestly, he's, he's a guy on our team that realizes the importance of trying to get a, our post guys, and he, he knows if he can get in the lane that he can maybe set them up. I mean, he turned it over tonight trying to get going there, but uh, uh, he's got a feel for it, and I think he knows when he when he needs to shoot it when he doesn't. Rick, I know you've said several times that you can't be a great defensive team if you don't finish the possession with the rebound, but the, the way that, that Ziegler pressures the ball for 94 feet – just how much of an asset is that for a defense to sort of wear on an opponent like that? Well, that's what he has to do. And we, we've talked about it, I mean, at his height. That, you know, that's where he's got to get in the backcourt. He's got to do that. And, uh, and one, the first time I saw him play, that's what he did. That's, what he, that's in his DNA. That's what he's always done. And uh, even if we ask him to back up some, because sometimes he gets, uh, you know, he's guarding – you know, 85 feet from the basket trying to turn people. Then they set a high ball screen to half court. I mean, it's really hard to defend, but he will tell you that's what he does. And uh, But uh, having him do that is something that I think every coach would love to have. Are you pleased with what you all were able to do in transition and some in the secondary break tonight? Yeah, I mean, you know, we, we want to get out and run. We, we That's, uh, you know, we try to, that's how we practice. You guys watch us. We want to get out and go with it and uh, hopefully we'll Keep our bench can keep giving us something and get more consistent there. But uh, yeah, we again they're they're a solid. Defense. We're not going to play against any teams that can't defend. If you are going to rely on just going into the half court, and uh, it's tough. And so if we can if we can finish possessions on the defensive end. 
they don't make shots because they're going to, you know, they, uh, I thought uh, Will Baker had a really good game tonight. He made some tough shots, but he, but he makes those shots. I mean, that's one of that little fadeaway shot he has. That's one of his moves, and he, and he made it. But, uh, yeah, we, you know, we, I think every team wants to get out early if they can because I don't think anyone every time down the floor wants to play against a set defense. Comments from Tennessee coach Rick Barnes. Yeah, and I think the fact that they are willing to get out and run offensively, it's a good thing for them defensively and in closing out ball games because when they would just bring it up in half court, they'd have to play a full shot clock offensively. And then guess what they'd do? They would be so good defensively, they'd play a full shot clock defensively. And then they'd come back up the court and play a full shot clock offensively and pass the ball around. And and it doesn't lead, one, to very much margin of, of error. Two, it wears you down. And this team being willing to get out and run actually, I think, saves their legs in a, in a weird way. So uh, I, I love that aspect of this team. But as he harped on numerous times in both parts of his postgame, got to rebound if you're going to be a good defensive team. Yeah, it was an uphill climb for Tennessee, and that's been so uncharacteristic of this team, but they just couldn't get the upper hand against LSU, and the Tigers uh, didn't benefit from all of the second chances and, and third chances and more that they got as they, for the longest part of the game, had more offensive rebounds than Tennessee had defensive rebounds. Yeah, that that is just like you don't want to have more – you don't want your opponent to have more – free throw makes than you have attempts mm-hmm. <laughs> the rebounding in that way is one you want no part of also it's seven twenty-eight on this friday morning again the program today is at oak ridge nissan right where the turnpike meets up with illinois avenue take advantage of their president's day sale it's going on now we'll tell you more about that as the show continues what we'll do is get a break when we return steve hamer joins us next for hamer time on sports talk on 99.1 the sports animal 7.34 on this Friday morning, 26 in front of 8 o'clock. The music tells you exactly what time it is, and that's time to head to the Stanley Fencing and Gates hotline because thanks to our friends at A.G. Hines Company, building materials since anyone can remember, we get to say hello to Steve Hamer as he joins us for his weekly visit. Steve, how are you? John, doing really well. I hope that you and Vince are, are having a fantastic Friday thus far. So far, so good, and hope that's the case for uh, for everybody that's just trying to get the blood pumping once again this time to just finish the standard work week with the uh, with the weekend right in front of us. So much going on in the world of sports, and we'll try and touch on as many as we can. But starting with Steve Tennessee basketball, what did you think in terms of how the Volunteers scored the first thirteen against LSU? Just kind of made it sure made sure the Tigers didn't have a whole lot of hope when it came to their matchup this earlier this week on Wednesday. Yeah, I, I thought that Tennessee really came out with a, um, a, a real effort uh, on both ends of the floor, particularly uh, from the three-point line very early, knocking down, I, I think, their first three threes. Um, Dalton Connect got us started uh, with, at the free-throw line with the first two uh, and then it was really no looking back. But I think where the difference was, uh, especially in the first half, is that Tennessee really took away LSU's will. I mean, they didn't even go to the glass to rebound. Um, you know, it, it, I looked at the 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 board um, midway through the second half and turned to a colleague and I said, when is the last time you saw 
Tennessee out-rebounded in this type of manner. Uh, you know, so it, it's really a good thing that in the first half, uh, you know, LSU didn't go to the glass where it could have been a, a much closer game. So I thought the game plan was great. Uh, I thought that Tennessee really moved the ball well, particularly, uh, um, uh, you know, w- when you listen to Coach Rick Barnes' comments after the game, they really excel and really play a whole lot better when they have that movement, when they when they have guys coming off the of screen, off the of down screens, using that floppy action that they use so well. Um, you know, they're, they're just a different basketball team uh, and uh, just glad that they – they uh, acquitted themselves much better than they did the week before in the midweek game. Steve, uh, Jordan Gady got a lot of minutes, played really well, and defense has been a big part of that. And it also, uh, you know, that led to his offense and uh, scoring the most points he scored in a Tennessee uniform. And he was on the floor late in that game where maybe at different times, whether it's Vescovy or others, other starters weren't in there. Do you think that's a one-game situational thing, or do you think – that these could be the more regular minutes for gaining? Well, I think it could be a mixture of both events. Um, I think Coach Barnes sometimes goes with the hot hand. Uh, obviously, uh, Ganey having played 26 minutes, um, uh, he shot 6 of 9 from the field, was 3 of 6 from the three-point line. So, you know, sometimes you just got to go with the hot hand. Uh, I thought that Again, Coach Barnes, um, uh, you know, he, he, he sat Dalton at times in the second half defensively. Um, uh, I think Ganey's a much better defensive player and, and kind of played Dalton offense for defense at times. Uh, so I thought that was very, very wise of Coach Barnes to do that. But, but Ganey, if there's one thing that Ganey does very well is that he's a confident player on both ends of the floor. You know, he doesn't back down, not afraid of the moment, not afraid to take the big-time shot. Uh, and I'm very, very proud of Ganey because he has put in the work. What people don't understand is that Ganey, you know, I know he went through a, a, a little slump, if you will, um, uh, earlier on, but but I think he's coming out of that. Man, that, that, that kid is in the gym shooting the rock every single day. Uh, and certainly is trying to to get better at his craft. And, you know, I think that you're going to see him play well for the rest of the season, and that just means you better look out because, you know, Josiah now having broken out of that slump uh, at Kentucky, uh, we're we're just missing one guy. We're missing Santi from from really breaking out. So, you know, other teams better look out because that, that completed and full uh, arsenal from Tennessee is just right around the corner. Tennessee is a half game out of first place after it hits the halfway point in its 18-game SEC schedule at 7-2. and two. South Carolina, Alabama, Auburn, a half game in front at 8-2. and two. So where do you think the, the Vols are as they head to Texas A&M and a team that's going to try and do what Carolina and Mississippi State were able to do and it's just really slow them down and see if they can't make it uh, – just a challenge to score in the half court. Yeah, they really want to slow the pace down. I, I like where Tennessee is right now. Um, you know, the, the, there is still a target on their back. We talked about that before. Um, the wind blows strongest at the top. Uh, and there's so much parity within the SEC this year. 
that man, you you've really got to take advantage of of situations, especially teams in which you should be able to come away with a W. Um, and I and I know a lot of people are circling tomorrow with Texas A&M, thinking they're a whole hum basketball team. They're middle of the pack, but let's not forget, man, they've got one one of the most prolific scorers in not only all of SEC but all of the country as well. With Wade Taylor the fourth, averaging about you know twenty points a game. Uh, they they have a lot of guys that that play with a lot of physicality on the interior, uh, and if there's one thing that Texas A&M does, John events very very well. That that hits glass, um, and you might have noticed that that's been Tennessee's you know bugaboo um, uh, last few games. So we've got to they, they they've got to do an excellent job of boxing out, and what they've also got to do is push the pace, push the pace. Texas A&M would very much so like to play this game in the 60s. Um, talked about it a few weeks ago, but they'd like to play this game within, inside of a phone booth, man. Tennessee cannot get trapped in that game. They've got to push the ball. They've got to take early shot clock uh, shots, man. This this cannot be a game in which we find ourselves, you know, constantly on the offensive end of the floor looking down and seeing five, six seconds left on the shot clock, man. you got to get some shots up. Uh, uh, and push that pace because you know Texas A&M man, um, they're 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 a feisty ball club. Uh, uh, they're they're on a on a win streak themselves, and they like nothing better than to knock off the the number six ranked team in the country down at Reed Arena. Steve, our first time having you on since the win at Rupp Arena against Kentucky, and part of that, love to hear your reaction to the scuffle with Tobey Awaka. And him standing up for himself and those wide eyes. Jamai Meshack said, man, when I saw those wide eyes, I looked from Toby, I thought, man, not only is he going to get a tech, he's going to get a murder charge. Uh, what what'd you think of that <laughs> that scuffle in Lexington? Yeah, uh, <laughs> I was so very <laughs> proud of Tobey. You know, uh, Tobey, uh, we, we, we all know that he is a learned individual, right? He's very astute, very smart. Um incredibly intellectual um, with, with, the, with the type of books that he reads, um, just spending some time with him on different trips. Man, the kid is an exceptional talent uh, off the floor and, and an incredible talent on the floor as well. So with that being said, you, you look at Tobey Awaka and you think, man, this kid's a shy individual. He's, a, he's an introvert. But, man, when that, when that switch got turned on, man, I thought it was going to – was going to possibly be something a little bit more than it was. I thought that scuffle was going to turn into a kerfuffle uh, <laughs> there for just a minute. Uh, and uh, just just very, very proud of Tobey and the way that he acquitted himself, man. You know, I was very proud of the team in, in, in general because I think at that moment, at that particular moment, the Wildcats from the North found out that this team, man, is not just a bunch of shooters and, and a bunch of perimeter guys and a bunch of soft guys. I think they saw that Tennessee, uh-oh, this this is a tough man team right here, man. These guys fight. Uh, they're tough, and, and they play exceptionally well together on both ends of the floor. And uh, just just so very, very proud of Tobey and, and Ganey and, and everyone else that stood their ground. Steve, before we let you go, and we always appreciate your time, how do you see it playing out Sunday in Las Vegas, Kansas City, and San Francisco? Well, you know, John, uh, in, as we talked about the other day in the, in the great words, the wisdom 
of uh, one Ric Flair uh, to be the man. You got to beat the man. And man, I I think Kansas City is the man right now. And as long as they've got Patrick Mahomes somewhere roaming in that backfield, uh, I will not believe that they will be beaten. So I'm going to go with Kansas City, a tight one. Uh, I think Kansas City is going to win this with uh, by by three points. Uh, late down the down the stretch, and and they come away with another Super Bowl. We will see, but uh, I'm 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 right in line with your way of thinking. But enjoy the weekend, and uh, can't wait to catch up with you next week. But Steve, sure to appreciate you. Thanks, Steve. Hey guys, thank you so very much. Honored to be on with you guys as always. Thank you. Steve Hamer joining us on the Stanley Fencing and Gates Hotline. His appearance brought to you by A.G. Hines Company, building materials since anyone can remember. It is 745, 15 in front of 8 o'clock. Again, likely damp, wet, might even be raining where you are on this cool Friday morning. But what we'll do is get more sports with Benjamin Hardy and then be back to close out this second hour of sports talk from Oak Ridge Nissan on 99.1 The Sports Animal. Movies, TV shows, books, podcasts, and more. It's what women binge with Melissa Joan Hart and her friend Amanda Lee. Scott Grimes is here Thank with you. us. Voiceover, that is like my dream job. I think I just have too distinctive a voice and I can't manipulate it. so why I'm right. not a good singer. This is how great Seth MacFarlane is. I went in to do it and I was talking like this and he goes, good, now just get rid of the neck thing that you just did because it's one, it's ugly. And then I just came out like this and came up with this guy named Steve Smith who has a tiny little lisp, but so does Scott Grimes, so it's perfect. What women binge wherever you listen. Last night, the Lady Vols basketball team fell to Alabama 72-56. to Aaliyah Nye led the Lady Crimson Tide with 23 points, while Rakia Jackson led the Lady Vols with 13. Up next, the Lady Vols face Arkansas at the Food City Center on Monday. Tip-off is set for 7 with Vol Network coverage beginning at 6.30 right here on 99.1 The Sports Animal. Yesterday, Lady Vols softball opened up its season with a 15-0 win at UT Arlington in Texas. Peyton Goshell was credited with the win after tossing in four scoreless innings, while catcher Sophia Nugent knocked in four RBIs. Due to expected inclement weather in Waco, Texas, the Lady Vols series against Baylor has been shifted to a doubleheader this evening, beginning at 6, with Game 2 following around 8.30. Game 3 is scheduled for tomorrow at 3 o'clock. Tomorrow, the Tennessee men's basketball team travels to College Station to take on Texas A&M. Tip-off is set for 8 with Vault Network coverage beginning at 7.30. We'll have highlights and reaction Monday morning right here on Sports Talk. With your Sports Animal Sports Minute, this has been Benjamin Hardy. Stay tuned. More Sports Talk is next. We close out this second hour of Sports Talk. It is 7.53, and while you've got... Some rain falling in the area, or rain has fallen. It's a little cool as you make your way outside, but the deal's cooking inside here at Oak Ridge Nissan, right where the turnpike meets up with Illinois Avenue. It's Valentine's Day on Wednesday, and it is their love of life that allows them to, uh, to just make sure that everybody rides at Oak Ridge Nissan as we're joined by the man himself, the maestro, uh, don't be Cupid, Scott Grob. How are you, Scott? <laughs> I'll tell you, I'm going to share the love, John. That's what I'm in the mood for. I'm in the mood for love. It's nothing but hugs and kisses. Hugs and kisses here at the volume dealer, and that's what we do. And I'll tell you, month in, month out, year in, year out. You know, 2024 is starting out with gangbusters, and, uh, and, you know, we're not stopping now. This is what we do. 
day in, day out, you know, and, and so this is what we love to do. And, and uh, Valentine's Day is just an appropriate day. Of course, it's President's Day, too, coming up. And, uh, you know, uh, with the deals we do, I should be running for president. I'm telling you, I am ready. <laughs> I am ready. <laughs> well, so so he's the founder of the feast. The deals are cooking here at Oak Ridge Nissan. What are you, you going to be on the on the Food Network before long with all this cooking you're doing, <laughs> Chef Grop, ho- hooking up uh, your customers? <laughs> That's right, Chef Boy R. Scott is cooking, and I'm telling you, <laughs> I'm telling you, I, I'm doing crazy deals too. I, I'm, I'll tell you, I'll trade for about anything. If it ain't bolted down, I'll trade for it. Uh, Trading for some crazy things, trading for a guitar, just whatever it takes to make the deal. We're going to do whatever it takes and, uh, you know, get up to $12,000 off uh, our dealer price on new Nissans. I mean, we're just doing, uh, I'll tell you, 2024 is going to be a great year. And uh, if you've been hoping, wishing, dreaming, thinking, praying about that buggy, you just need to make that drive. And uh, we'll give you a sweetheart of a deal, put a bow on it, maybe come get a Get your little sweetheart a Rogue. She's been wanting a Rogue, a number one selling crossover SUV in the world. Uh, you know, starting at two seventy nine a month. I mean, we're just doing what, just going bonkers. We do things other dealers can't or simply will not do. Period. That's what we do. Volume, we can do it. It's the kiss mentality. Keep it simple, Scott. And that is folks get more for theirs. They pay less for yours. And, of course, we just saw a new class enshrined in the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio. And so if somebody Woo! was wanting to uh, to come from right there on down to get a new Nissan, how long would it take them to get here? Uh, you're talking about downtown Canton, aren't you? Of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Man, that's an easy one. I thought you were going to throw a stumper in there. Hey, don't be stupid. It's only 10 minutes. <laughs> Make the drive and save. Woo! Thousands of dollars. Come on down to where the turnpike meets up with Illinois Avenue. That's Oak Ridge Nissan. Scott, will catch up Woo! soon. All right. Sounds good, guys. We've got hour number three of Sports Talk coming up, and it starts with your chance to win. We step to the plate at eight next on 99.1, the sports animal. The Ed Milet Show showcases the greatest peak performers sharing their journey, knowledge, and thought leadership. Sebastian Maniscalco. I'm a comedian. In my 20s, I was in, like, in a company, and I don't know, like, how marketing, sales. Yeah, you're a brand. You're a company. Yeah. And like Jay-Z says, I'm a businessman. Yeah. Yeah. To that. Remind me not to quote any hip-hop lyrics again. That was just a big miss. <laughs> when you first said it, I'm like, yeah, he's a businessman. Yeah, I nailed it at the end. I pulled it together. It just took me a minute. The Ed Milet Show is available on YouTube or wherever you listen. 